This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. Hey, if you're an NBA player who is not happy with your rating on NBA 2K, then stay tuned. I'll be sharing the personal email address of today's guest where you can send all complaints directly to. Kidding, of course. Uh, Ronnie Singh, better known as Ronnie2K, is 2K Games' head of lifestyle and content marketing. So we're going to find out exactly what that means in just a minute. But Ronnie, first of all, welcome. I want What's to up, Dan? S- hello. I want to start with something uh, very important to me. So I-, okay. I read in interviews that you were quite short growing up, and then you hit some kind of growth spurt that landed you at six six. So my question. So my question is, where can a guy like me get one of those? Because I've been 5'5 five, five since 10th grade, and I'm, I'm still waiting. I think you, uh, you still have time. Uh, <laughs> it's, never, it's never too late. I had a very late growth spurt, so yours might be just, be, just around the corner. Okay. <laughs> so there's hope. All right. Thank you, Ronnie. <laughs> so awesome, awesome to talk to you. Obviously, everyone you on the planet knows what 2K Games is and, and NBA 2K. I can't say it, but I know what it is. So why don't, you, why don't we start by saying what you're doing now, and then let's get into how, how you got to such an awesome position. Yeah, uh, maybe I can start with actually where where it it got there. A lot of it was about being a fan of brand first. I was a big NBA 2K player. There's I've talked about it in interviews before, but I was top 10 on the leaderboards in NBA 2K5. I joined uh, my first one that I worked on in the tail end of the campaign was NBA 2K8. So this is uh, I've been here 15 years almost. And as the role and the business has changed, like so is my kind of career path. I, I've always felt like I'm I feel a need on the business strategy side, like wherever the business is heading. That the business in general has changed so much, right? Like we used to be a lot like the movie industry where we would release a game every year, put all of our media dollars and and whatnot, all of our attention. PR, all of our efforts into like a, a single date in back then it was early October. And then after the holidays, we'd kind of like start fully preparing for the next year with, with less emphasis on this year. But as games have changed and as, as the way we've marketed, now it's really about digital drops and like continue to keeping the game fresh and, and being culturally relevant. So every six weeks now, I mean, we update the game with new seasons. We mess around with the ratings every day. They change. We announce them every week, how dramatically they change. But like the business, I, I guess is what I'm saying is that the business is so culturally like topical and relevant that we've had to build our game and our business the same way. So now we are a 365, 24-7 thing, yeah. which I think makes everyone really happy. You know, like the NBA, we are a big part of our calendar. And like, yeah. even during their off season, that's when we're kind of like talking about our game features set and all that stuff. So we really fill that, that gap. So like, you're always thinking about NBA 2K. And I, I think the gaming industry in general has, has done a really great job about making you try to think about the product as much as possible. So that's awesome. And there's, there's a lot I want to ask you about the, the particulars of that. But I, 
I, I would guess that a lot of people listening to this are like, how did this guy get this job? This mm. is the coolest thing on earth. And you just said you were an avid player and not just avid, you were really good at it. How does the transition from fan to like, oh, now I work here? What, what was that yeah. like? Yeah. So I joined as a community manager. And I think like joining a marketing role where you really know the product, but then you actually interact and coalesce with the rest of the fans gives you kind of a unique advantage because you can really understand like, what is the what is the consumer looking for in this product? How can we change it? How can we shift it? And I think that that was something that I, I, I really kind of took a heart to thinking about how we can like delve more into culture and music and fashion and all of these periphery audiences that is NBA 2K. So like, that's a, a lot of what I do now day to day. I work with all of our celebrities. I work with our musicians. I work with our brand partners. Like I'm really thinking about how we sell the game to people that are not just like hardcore gamers or hardcore NBA fans, but really thinking about how like we grow new audience and, and that. So to answer your question specifically, you know, like, I was very, very passionate about the product. I was good at the game. I got to speak about it. And look, I have no formal media training. I've had to learn that as, as I've gone. But I, I feel like that's very familiar with most people that work in business. You know, you, you learn trial by fire. You learn with yeah. your experiences that you have in your role. I'll never forget there was a day where like somebody gave me a microphone and was like, hey... We have NBA players at this party. You need to go talk to them because you're the content guy, right? And like now content so critical to what we do. Yeah. We're always telling that story. The, the thing I mentioned about the 365 thing, like we have to be trying to make you think of us in every way. So when you put the product down, when you step off the video game controller, you go on social media, that's still taking up your brainwaves. And that's where I'm really involved, like getting you to think about our brand and thinking about like top of mind and also thinking about how it relates with what's going on in the real world. So, you know, we have a lot of ways that we get involved in the conversation around culture and even as specific as, as political stuff, you know, like we yeah. have a stance on all of it. And that's really what my, my role is these days. Wow. Well, I was going to ask, so someone sticks a microphone in your hand and go and says, hey, go, go talk to these all-stars. Do you remember your first interview? And do you remember, were you absolutely like shaking or were you like a natural for it? That is a great question. Uh, I was definitely not a natural. <laughs> I, uh, like I said, trial by fire. It, take, it took some time. I, I, I have learned a lot watching those videos of me 15 years ago or whatever. But I think the first time it really took off was NBA 2K11. You know, we put Michael Jordan on the cover the, for the first time and we had a, a launch event and all of a sudden, like there were celebrities at our event and then there was like Russell Westbrook and like Kevin Durant and all of these guys showing up to our launch party. Like, unannounced right yeah and we saw it as an opportunity to like tell the story that these guys have played this game their whole lives they love it so much it means so much to them that they're just showing up so yeah i was handed the microphone i had to have a couple shots of tequila not gonna lie and like <laughs> go go and uh get some liquid courage and 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 just uh get it done and obviously now the role has developed a lot where like you know i i i do that all year round and i'm always thinking about it but yeah the first first few times was uh definitely nerve-wracking not because of the personalities like i felt like i was already part of the basketball world because i'd always go to games i had played basketball in college like i i knew that lifestyle it was more not having the experience or media training to be able to be like doing content i'll, I'll tell you another quick story if you if you want yeah. to hear it during the pandemic we had the espn players tournament which was like so innovative you know like we're like we had this responsibility to fill the entertainment gap let's like create a tournament and have it hosted on espn and espn was so excited about it what people don't know about that thing was 
it happened from my bedroom and I had no <laughs> camera experience, right? Like I wasn't this cameraman, yeah. but all of a sudden because of COVID, nobody could come into my house and like be a production person. So like, I wish I had taken BTS of it or had like pictures of it, but basically I lined up. I mean, I have this beautiful setup now that you can see, but like back then I did not have that. I yeah. would set up boxes and like tilt a, like a camera on it. And like, it would fall over all the time. And like, it was, it was like, it was a mess, but it was like something again that like I had to learn, I had to experience. And I had a lot of support with, from the great people I work with at 2K to like, you know, trial by fire. This was not supposed, this Ronnie 2K thing was not supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, is the short story. And which meant that I, you know, like I had to learn, but it was really organic and authentic because I love the game. I have the stance to, you know, like to talk about it with such reverence and all of that. I think that that like allowed me to have a leg up because I, I, I worked really hard, just like everybody that works in business, but I, I was really passionate about it. There was no amount of hours I could put in that felt like work, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that's awesome. It's interesting too, to think about NBA players. Like, I mean, obviously they have this incredible passion for this game. But you'd think maybe like, hey, when I'm not on the court and I want to relax, maybe I'll do something else besides basketball. But yeah, uh, you would think. Yeah, yeah. And it reminds me of talking to some guys who uh, were special forces operators and they love these like shoot 'em games. And I'm like, yep. they're just like, they're in it. And it sounds like it's the same thing. They just can't yeah, let it go. Yeah, if you breathe that world, you, it's hard to separate. And, you know, like video games is supposed to be the ultimate kind of release and like separation. But like our game is so like intricate and involved. And like you, you really need to be part of it that like you really do live the life of a basketball player. But I totally hear what you're saying. Like it's funny because I actually get reached out to a lot by NFL guys and I'm like, why don't they just play the, the football game? But I think that they, everybody wants to be a basketball player because yeah. like there's a cultural like coolness about that. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just about playing the game. It's about being a superstar, the storylines. And I actually think it like speaks well to my story because I think like the, the world that we live in now with influencer marketing, mm -hmm. I'm weirdly now kind of like an OG influencer because like I've done it for so many years but I had to learn it on the fly. And now like influencer marketing is, a, is something that's very, very like every business is trying to figure it out and you're looking for your influencers and all of that. I guess like I got kind of in this world where I saw it, I identified it early. I had a lot of support from the, the crew that I work with, but also the NBA was doing a shift themselves in telling stories around personalities, right? Like mm. back in the day, you used to care about the magic or the Lakers or the Warriors. Okay, maybe nobody cared about the magic, but uh, now you care about Steph and LeBron and KD and all these like stories behind that and how they grew their business and how they're in movies and how they're doing all of this other stuff. Well, our game did the same thing. And then I did the same thing, right? Like I, you started caring about this persona that worked for 2K along with caring about the brand and like bringing that to life. I think that that helped us become the cultural force that we are. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as you said, like you, you weren't like a talking head that they said, Hey, let's make this guy our basketball guy. Like you had a genuine, authentic love of it, which comes through in what you do. And so my question yeah. is, so you're playing a lot of video games as a teenager, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. were your parents like, Hey, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and do you Big now remind time. them how you built an entire career out of it? Uh, I definitely remind them every chance that I can get. It was funny. Uh, so I just got married uh, uh, a month ago and my parents' speech was about 
like ratings and like how I found a 99 rated girl. It was really funny. It was really That's cute. Um, but what they, my dad said it still in the speech. He's like, we still have no idea what he does, but <laughs> it looks cool. So, you know, I got a good laugh out of the crowd. Uh, that, that was a really challenging thing because I actually was a really good student and I got into law school. I took the LSATs. Like I was going to go be a lawyer. I always wanted to be a sports agent. But then like, I just, when I worked there, I'd work 80 hours a week, which I do constantly now too, but it wasn't a passion, right? Like it was, it was work. And I just felt, I, I identified that early and I was like, I'm just not going to settle for this. And look, luckily I had support from my parents, like where I could do that, but they weren't thrilled, you know, like all of a sudden I was going to drop out of a top five law school and give up a legal career in that path. They were already disappointed as a brown kid that I wasn't going to be a doctor or engineer or whatever. <laughs> and now I'm giving up like law school as well to go work for, at the time was a women's basketball team and minor league basketball team. Right. And like, they just didn't get it. Right. And, but I, I was like, look, if I'm going to make that mistake. I'm going to make it in my twenties. I'm going to do it. The first thing I can do, I'm going to really chase this thing. I'm going to work as hard as I can. And if it doesn't work, I feel confident enough in myself that five years from now I can pivot back or pivot somewhere else and figure it out. You know, like that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, kids like there's a lot of pressure to figure out your major and then figure out your career. And that might be true in some careers. Like you don't become a doctor in your forties usually sometimes, but not, not very often. Right. But there's always an opportunity to pivot and like, but you got to have confidence in yourselves. And I just think that like some people just succumb to the pressure of like, Oh, we need to figure out a major. Then we need to figure out a career. And then I'm stuck in my career forever. Yeah. And I, I think also you know I mean? the, the, that, that kind of courage or, or like self knowing yourself well enough, because you get on a career path, as you say, and then if you're good at it, you start to get promoted and you start to make more money. And then it becomes harder and harder to say, I know this is going well, but I don't want to do it. I'm going to do some, I'm going to make a hard left right now. Like that, that's not yeah. a, a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you think about it, I've been at 2K for 15 years, but I think that the reason that I've stuck around are two reasons. Number one, because of the amazing people I work with. And that's always been the theme. Like they all care. They're all very passionate. We, we have such little turnover there. It's, it's really amazing. But number two is I go to work every day. Well, not physically anymore as much, but I, I go to work every day knowing that I'm making a difference, but I'm also doing something that makes a difference to me. And like, that's, really what you should be looking for in a career because otherwise you're not going to be doing it to the fullest of your potential. And there are a lot of people that just get on that train and just get stuck there. Yeah. I think that like my day-to-day is different every single day and I'm really passionate about the work that we do and it also allows me like some philanthropic outlets too which I'm really passionate about. I'm on the board for Make-A-Wish in San Francisco. Like we obviously do our work with 2K Foundations and that I work with Ethan on opening up ports around the world. We just opened up one in Spain last week, which I almost, uh, I couldn't make because of the whole honeymoon situation. But I mean, it's, that's the kind of work that like, we're doing great work and it means a lot to people, but we're also doing work for change and having goodness come out of the platform that we've created. I think that's really awesome too. That's awesome. That's great. And and by the way, congratulations to you and and Miss Two K. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still working on our, the transfer of that IG name, Miss Two K. I'm joking. <laughs> definitely don't. Definitely don't want that at all. Do you get? I'm assuming you get a lot of fans approaching you when you're out and about. You're not a 
a hard figure to to miss walking down the street. What's uh, what's like the number one thing people say to you when they see you? It's usually that. They're like, wow, we had no idea you were tall. And I'm like, do you not look at my content where I'm like eye level with Kevin Durant? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like they're always surprised by that. But no, I mean, look, our fans are the best in the world. We, we've really uh, been player first for my entire career. And like a lot of people come up to me and we just respect what we've done and, and the business that we've created, but also like the work that's gone into it. Like obviously on the internet, it's different, right? Like everybody's a keyboard warrior, but like in person, I think that there is like this, this amazing story that's been told by our brand and that just resonates with our fans. And uh, that's again, another one of those things that you just respect from what we do and uh, like that I just have such enthusiasm for. And it comes from, you know, like the hundreds of people that work at 2K and how much blood, sweat and tears they put out to not only put out a product, but put it out every year and have it innovate and, you know, be different. It's a very challenging thing, but it, it works because everybody's so passionate about it. So what I'm hearing is you single-handedly do everything. <laughs> yep. <I'm gonna laughs> that's, go that's the message the I'm getting. Fix the servers and no, I'm, I'm just joking. But, no, well, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I'm kidding. But I wonder uh, if you could talk a little bit about how you, you've talked about the, the evolution of, of what you do and how you approach new releases and things like that. Whether you're working at a video game company or any company, it's easy to be like, hey, this is what we do. And it and it kind of works. So we're just going to keep doing it. What's your approach to like making sure you don't get in a rut that you're continually evolving? Yeah, that's not a solo answer either, because I think everybody needs to feel that way for us to march to that same beat as a team, you know, as a greater organization. But I, I will say that like, it's very important for us to compete with ourselves and like try to put up the very best product we can for the consumer, because there are plenty of cases of of brands that like they put out a product, it has a very successful launch. And then they, like you said, they just kind of keep doing the same thing. That's not what we want to do. We want to like push the envelope. We want to like enchant our audience in ways that like they don't even expect. Like every year, I, I'm just thrilled about August every year because we you know, there's so much speculation about where we're going to put in this year's game. And like the, that conversation is so great. People caring about their ratings, people caring about what all the features of our, all the things that are in our ecosystem. But then us just like delivering something that they didn't even think of. Like that that thrill that I and I think all of us at 2K get is why we do this and why like we know how much this product means to people. And that's why I think we just try to compete with ourselves the best we can and, and try to push the envelope as much as we can. Now, awesome. obviously, an annual title is very, very difficult to put out, right? Like, yeah, it's very like we pack in because not only are we putting out a new title, we're actually putting out two because current gen and next gen, right? right. And then also we're we're supporting last year's title. Like I right. said, every six weeks, we, we reset the game. We put new music in, we put new clothes in, we put new My Team cards in. Running those trains together at the same time is a remarkable achievement and not something that any other publisher does. And I, I just, again, I have, I have such hats off to the people I work with because they only do it because it means that much to them and our fans mean that much to them, which is so cool. That's awesome, man. I have to guess that there's there's a balance that you have to strike. People want new stuff, but they don't want it to be too new because they love the old one too. So you've yep. got to have to balance uh, pushing things too, too different and then you, you freak out all the people who loved it the way it was. Yeah, I think that that was a big thing about me being a fan first and like being able to like inform to come full circle on our conversation, like like have all this historical knowledge to be able to impart to the development team, 
but also not get too emotional about the changes in our gameplay or features or whatnot. Like exactly finding that exact like little layer, which is doing innovating a lot, but not innovating so much that it it's surprising and confusing to the consumer. Yeah. That striking that balance is always challenging because if you ask 10 2K fans, like what's their favorite game in the 2K franchise from the, the past 10 years in terms of actual gameplay, you'll probably get 10 answers. Right. And right. so like, who are you listening to? Ultimately, you have to be confident in your in what you're putting out there, doing yourself, understanding the background of the game, even knowing that the consumers obviously like they have their favorites. We know that a consumer has their favorites on a, a, a product. So do I. Right. But we have to put that bias aside and try to put out the best product that we can. Well, that's great. So for, for people who aren't already following you on uh, multiple channels, where, what's the easiest way to kind of like keep up with you and, and 2K? Yeah, Ronnie2K on all the social medias, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and NBA2K for all of the 2K goodness. And really excited about 23. It's been a, a critically acclaimed, like super success. Having Michael Jordan on the cover, this has been the year of greatness. And the, the consumers have really been excited for it. If you haven't picked up the game, I don't know what you're waiting for because it is the best 2K that we've ever released. But really excited about, obviously, 2K24 and moving towards next year as well. So again, those two parallel paths that are running at the same time, we're trying to think about both of them and really excited about both as well. That's awesome. And finally... Give me one good, holy shit, I can't believe this is my job moment. So it could be from the beginning, could huh. be from last week, like a moment that made you like, oh my God, I can't. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest, like, and it happens every week. Like it really does. Like I, I was in Dubai for my birthday a, a few days ago and I had this like big basketball team from Qatar. These kids like just mobbed me in this mall and I'm like, from Qatar, I'm in Dubai, like to have that kind of like global resonance for our brand is, is just amazing. Like just tell us the story that how far NBA 2K has come. If I have a personal story though, I always talk about this one, but I, I don't know if it's gotten as much pub as it probably should have because it's really funny. The first time I played in the celebrity game, it was maybe four years ago, five years ago now. Anyway, it was in Charlotte and I had, I was nervous. Like it was I actually played, I played again the next year and I had a really good game. The first year I had six points, whatever it was, whatever. But after the game, I go to the Jordan brand party and Michael Jordan's sons, Marcus and oh my God, it's I'm spacing right now. The two of them come up to me and they're like, Hey, uh, our dad wants to talk to you about your performance in the celebrity game. And I'm like, <laughs> your dad, Michael Jordan wants to talk to me about me playing basketball. Okay. We could do that. <laughs> so they took me to the back and he comes and like, he's so excited to talk to me he's sitting there. I'm shaking his hand. I don't know what he is. I, I, can't, I can't tell you a <laughs> single word he said, because I'm pretty sure I blacked out. Right. And my buddy was with me. My friend was with me and he's just sitting there like in awe. And I was like, please just please document this or please like take a, like I'm in content and my brain always goes there. He didn't document it. So it's like, it never happened. But, like, <laughs> I mean, that's, it's just amazing that like, this world has given me opportunities to like do stuff like that and have these amazing stories. I'm just so grateful and blessed to have to have this 
incredible journey for 15 years. And I, I you know, I'm just so excited for the, the future games to come and maybe more conversations about my basketball game with Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, hey, it's been awesome talking to you. What an incredible career that you've had. Happy birthday. Happy wedding. And I see last month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe you'll get some sleep. Who knows? But uh, yeah, great talking to you. And from video game fans all around the world. Thanks, Ronnie. Good stuff. Thank you, Dan. I really enjoyed our interview. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Big people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks.